This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. It's a pleasure to have you here, Michael. How are you doing? Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm doing all right. It's a lovely day out here in Arkansas, so can't complain. Yeah, man. No, it looks awesome. Honestly, I saw something online today that said uh, the average workday for a person these days, they get like one to zero hours of outdoor time. And so I commend you for being outdoors, man. It it made me put some time on my calendar to say, no matter what, I'm going for a walk while the sun is out, no matter what. So that's, that's just icing on the cake. What I really want to get into uh, is first asking you the traditional opening question of this show, if you don't mind. And that is, uh, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs? Uh, I don't. I come from a military family, so. All right. Well, I, we happen to know that athletics and military, a lot of that upbringing and a lot of that career experience actually carries over into business. So now the question is, would you say that's fair in your assessment as you moved into creating uh, the, 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 the second chance rehabilitation ranch? Okay, guys, I want to get I want to bridge that gap. Right. So you grew up military family. How did you get here? Yeah, so. Um... Like my, my dad, he's career army. He's still in, um, which people leads to the other question. People ask, well, how did he allow you to go into the Marines? Well, he started in the Marine Corps, so he just got smarter at one point. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I grew up around the military and at like the age of three, I started saying I wanted to be a Marine never changed. Um, so of course I, I graduated high school, joined the Marine Corps, um, my time was cut short there. I don't know how much y'all want to dive into things, but uh, then, you know, as a kid, I also wanted to be a cowboy, which honestly, that helped me get to where I am. Um, between the military and being a cowboy, your work ethics have to be freaking outstanding. And two, like working on ranches is where I found my healing, which ultimately led me to. I guess that selfless service and the things I learned from being a cowboy and getting outdoors into nature uh, led me to where I wanted to start a business helping veterans and first responders, helping other veterans and first responders. Man, you know, it's funny is the more I speak to veterans, the more I find out how many veterans who are who are who are in a position to do so go way out of their way to help others. Uh, and I think it's great, man, because I can think of a few people I know out here in LA who, who have things about like a, the, the level of suicide rate uh, because of PTSD and you know how, how real those career choices are and the impact that they have. And so I, first of all, number one, thank you for your service. Uh, this is something that is automatically owed. Uh, number two, thank you for creating a rehab, something that 
in all honesty, we should have the powers that be taking actual charge of and t- making sure they take care of people who went out of their way to do that. But, you know, thankfully, there's still people like you and Jason and many others that I know who are going the extra mile above and beyond to give back, uh, even while they're still doing whatever they got to manage. So that just goes without saying. Um, but but with that, uh, so you get cut short and don't worry, we don't have to go into it. I know it's, I know it's a lot. Uh, but the idea of healing, and this is important because entrepreneurs suffer from mental health issues all the time. They just don't say it, right? It's like the dirty little secret they don't want to admit. And yet there are people out there who have faced crazy things, things that keep you up at night that need healing, but often they find it at the bottom of a bottle. Often they find it at the bottom of a pillbox, you name it, right? But for you, it was cowboy. And, and uh, that's that's not an easy thing. In fact, I think Jason's upbringing will relate a lot to this. So I'm going to give him the floor in a second. But uh, just the idea of healing through a hobby, a passion, a lifestyle. I'd love to learn more about that and just how that happened. Because you said growing up, that's what you wanted. Was it different when you finally started doing it as an adult that you realized, well, it's actually a lot harder than I thought it was going to be? <laughs> Honestly, I, I didn't say it wasn't that hard for me. Like, uh, I mean, it was harder for me to get a job in it because people are like, well, what's your experience? But luckily, somebody took a chance on me. And I very quickly excelled above people that have been doing it for years, you know, because that military mindset really helped me because I was like, well, I want to be the best. So who's the best here? And I'm going to learn from everybody and I'm going to acquire everybody else's skills. And then, hey, once I'm the best out of everybody. okay, well, I just want to keep being a better version of myself. Um, So it just kept, you know, that that military mindset, like that's where that came, you know, that mindset was developed. You know, you're striving to be better than your peers. You're always pushing each other. Unfortunately, in the civilian world, nobody was pushing me. Uh, You know, I was just pushing myself to be better than them. There was there was nobody else growing with me. Uh, So the the top gets a little lonely, you know, but, uh, you know, you outgrow one environment, go find somewhere else that does something different so you can learn more. Uh, But, yeah, no, I I loved it. It was a lot of hard work but I've always been the kind that loves getting my hands dirty and putting in work. Like when I was in the Marines, I was a mechanic. So I was filthy all the time. Uh, I love it. I love coming, looking like I've put in a good day's work. I hate sitting behind a computer screen. You're like, yeah, I just did like eight hours of work on the computer, but I have nothing to show from it except for being tired. You know, I just like being like, yep, we worked hard today. Yeah, man. No, I love that. It's so true. If you work in front of a computer all day, you don't know what happened. You just know it happened. <laughs> Jason, the truth. Jason, man. That the truth. It's, it's interesting because like I, so you and I have a flip because I did grow up you now, right? Only as a kid, I grew up on the ranch and farm and, and all that stuff. And, you know, did stupid stuff like road bulls and bareback and all this stuff. (laughs) I did all that stupidity, right? Did all that stuff. And then I joined the military and did 23 years of that stupidity too. Um, (laughs) I wasn't smart enough to quit after the first, first go around. (laughs) See, and what's fun about that is I can say that because I did it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I have the right to say that, but no, it's, but, but it's really cool that, you know, you had this vision when you were young and you watched it, watched it happen and come to fruition because I can't go to when I was young and say, well, someday I'm going to run 12 different companies. Right? That is the last thing that was on my mind as a kid. I was playing with GI Joe's now the army part. Yeah. That, that part was there, but all the rest of it wasn't there. That didn't nurture itself for years. So what's important is you found what you loved and you found what your passion was because you know, we were just talking about this whole passion and purpose and stuff with a previous podcast. And, you know, when you can truly connect those two things, you can do really great things in the world. And when you put others first, you get to do even more. Right. And sure. Is it sometimes it's not very illustrious. It's, you know, there's hard times in your own life or, this, that, or the other, because you're servant, right? You're very servant focused. And sometimes that can cause hardships for you, but it'll always pay its weight on the other side. And so you keep doing what you're doing, brother. You're doing good things for sure. Hey, thank you. Yeah. On that, something that was said earlier too, was about uh, entrepreneurs struggling, dude. If Mm. I completely relate, (laughs) luckily, like for me, it's like, since that's what I do, like I have all the tools available. I know what to do, but like still like I find days where I'm just like, dude, like this sucks. You know, <laughs> you're like your mental yeah. health is, and they're like, I know I should be doing this for my mental health right now, but I really don't want to, you know? Uh, so I get it. Yeah. This there's definitely, it weighs on there's uh, to be honest, like I know the work that I do is needed and it's good. And it's just as helpful for me as it is everybody else. But there's days that I just want to throw in the towel. Like, I'm just like, I, do I even want to do this anymore? And then I'm like, yeah, of course you do. But you're just dealing with all the BS that comes along with it, right? Yeah, man. And it's so important to be able to say that because we're humans, right? We're not machines. Uh, we run in seasons, just like everything else from nature and not necessarily like a robot with a quick recharge of the battery by plugging it in, you know? Uh, so yes, it's very important to be able to address this and, and who better than with someone who's not only running a business, right? But that business is also running a cause that's related to mental health than to speak to the fact that an entrepreneur and even soldiers and anyone else struggling with mental health, like trying to get rehabbed back into a place where they're okay internally, externally, holistically, who else better to talk about that than somebody who's literally made it their mission to do so. So tell me all about what you're doing here with Second Chance Rehabilitation Ranch. Yeah. So uh, obviously, uh, where where I'm at, it's not where we're going to be, you know, um, there's a backstory on that, you know, um, I, let's start from how we got, got to doing this, uh, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I got out of the military, um, I started exhibiting signs of PTSD and had my first suicide attempt and got put in a psych unit diagnosed with PTSD, depression, anxiety, a whole long list of, of things. Obviously they just want to 
they want to have you talk to a counselor and put you on medication. That's their go-to answer. I felt like the medication wasn't really helping. Um, I felt like it was making the struggle worse. I ended up having three more suicide attempts. Um, ironically, it wasn't until I started openly sharing my story that even my family knew that there was that many. They knew about the first one and the last one. And they had no, nobody knew. And the only way anybody would have known about the other two was if everybody that I cared about had talked at the same time and realized that I sent everybody that was important to me an I love you message right before I attempted it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was on that last attempt. Um, my great grandma thought I was acting weird. So she decided to follow me and, um, caught me hanging myself and nine one, uh, nine one one was called to intervene. And, uh, this is to say, I just ended up in a tussle with the cops, found myself in jail for 60 days. Um, which happened to be like my turning point. I had a good friend, um, still in the Marine Corps and she was stationed out in Hawaii. And so I ended up going out there and staying with her for a little bit and got off medication. And I started looking for other ways to heal. So I started, well, I, I, inadvertently found other ways to heal. I, I wasn't necessarily going out looking for other means, but I started hiking and I realized, Hey dude, like this makes me feel really good. Um, and kayaking and all these different outdoor activities. And I realized that they made me feel a lot better. Um, so inadvertently discovered healing through all that stuff. And then, like I said, started working on a ranch and started working around horses. Um, I had a temper, you want to talk about road rage? I was like road rage to the, to the extreme when I drove and my temper was bad, but with horses, they mirror your, your, um, your emotions and your energy. Um, so they would just get worked up more. So I had to learn to control myself. Um, and I realized, you know, it was spilling over from just how I interacted with the horses to how I was interacting with people as well. And I was like, man, all this stuff is like, really good. Like it's helped me a lot. Like how many other people could this help? Um, so then I made it my five-year plan to create this business. Didn't put any work into it. Kept working on ranches for another two years until I found myself homeless and unemployed. And I was struggling to get a job and I'm like, dude, I can't even get an interview at McDonald's. And I'm like, I'm well overqualified to be flipping burgers at McDonald's. Like what the hell's going on here? Um, but that's when I met a life coach and he kind of put me down that path of entrepreneurship and went through some programs with a organization called the ambitious vet network ran by a Marine veteran named Chris Hoffman. And that really kind of, lit that, that fire and that confidence in me that I could do this. Cause you know, my initial instinct was, I don't know anything about running a business, which is kind of like what you said there earlier, um, about there's so many skills that I acquired in the military that I didn't realize transpired over. Uh, but yes, so I started this from nothing. I was sleeping on the beach in Hawaii. So you know, not the worst place to be homeless, not the worst way to wake up, you know, imagine just sleeping on a beach in a hammock, waking up to the sunrise every morning. Um, but yeah, so what, I, you know, I've, my goal is to have a ranch 
where veterans can come out. They can learn how uh, to do ranching. They can learn horsemanship and they can work with actually rescued horses and help them get ready for rehoming. So not only are those veterans healing and helping these horses, but it's actually helping and healing those veterans as well. Uh, Win-win there, right? Uh, so, but right now, obviously I don't have land. I don't have horses. I've uh, been working on that. Um, but you got to do what you can with what you got, you know? So I do three-day camping retreats. I take the veterans and first responders out. We'll go camping. Uh, we'll do some hiking, some fishing, some kayaking. Uh, we'll do, depending on where I'm doing them, I've, I've gone all over the country to do them. Um, but some, some places we just do exercises with horses. Sometimes we ride, it all really just depends. Um, but that way they're getting exposure to all these different kinds of, uh, recreational therapies. Of course, I don't call any of it therapy. I don't bring a therapist out. We're not going to sit down and say, how, how did that make you feel? We all know how it made you feel. Um, but it's, it's just getting them exposed to things that they wouldn't have tried on their own. Man, I think it's beautiful. And I want to be a part of supporting that, man. I, again, I, I can think of a few people out here in Los Angeles who will either support the cause or want to be a part of the cause. So um, there's a Operation Jump 22. The, and those same fellows uh, help a lot of vets get uh, their VA loans to help uh, fund their first home purchase You know, for homes. They're all in real estate. But uh, when they're not doing that, then they're helping a bunch of uh, uh, vets uh, reassimilate back into society, into society who struggle with PTSD by getting them like a suit and a haircut and just getting them back backward. So, you know, if you combine, you know, what Jason, all the work Jason's doing with all the work you're doing uh, out there, man, and, and, and the people that I've met, I, it's inevitable that this is going to happen because I think it's one of the best ideas yet for being able to get people back to where they need to be, to give them that lifestyle, to give them that opportunity to get back in touch with who they are through the power of nature. You know, uh, I think it's a powerful force and um, I'm glad that it's one that you're inviting people to take a journey on with you because you literally saw firsthand what that did for your life. And uh, there's no better evidence than that for, for a calling card. You know, absolutely, man. I, I it's it's just there. Are, there are real things in the world happening, and often people get caught up in the sauce and forget. You know, it's my sister texts me, "I love you" almost all the time, with no other context. Right? I don't know what that could be. But hearing your story makes me think like you just never know where someone's at, man. Never know. And it remind it makes me want to like make sure I call people all the time just because you never know what they mean by that, you know. <laughs> and when you said that, it's since since you said that, I couldn't stop thinking about it, man. It's so it's so real. Um, but I'm I'm gonna turn it over to Jason. Uh, I'm sure he's got some things to say. Yeah, I have a really good friend of mine. We served for twenty twenty years together, and. You know, every once in a while, I'll get a weird text message from him. And I know some shit's wrong. I know something's off, right? And so we'll end up on the phone for like six hours, right? Talking him off the ledge, right? But you know what? If, if there's not people to do that, 
right? I'm, I don't care who it is. It, it wouldn't even matter to me if somebody called me at freaking two in the morning and they were about to, you know, do, do the do and end it. I'll stay on the phone with you for six hours. I don't care. Right. Cause I relate. This just makes me think of, I relate, um, the company yeah. I relate and they're very plugged into the military stuff. And a lot of it is people want to go somewhere where, where they don't have to worry about that. Their laundry is going to get spread all over the place. Right. So that's a big part of it. And I relate has this wonderful program. It's an app basically, and it's completely secured. And if I feel like something ain't right with me and I want to go in and talk to somebody, I don't have to be Jason. I can be bill. Right. And it is all closed and secured and I can get what I need. Right. And that whole company was built off of, of the, the very story that we're talking about today. So you definitely need to talk to those guys um, for sure. It's funny. You say that I yeah. just had a conversation with them. Two days oh, ago. that's awesome. Great. Those guys yeah, are doing great, great stuff over there. They're doing good stuff. Right. So I, I fully support what they got going on for sure. And, and the thing is, this isn't just a military conversation. This is a, this is a world conversation. And, you know, I hate the word suicide awareness. I, I can't stand the word awareness. It drives me crazy. I mean, the military is awful for it. We're going to have suicide awareness week. I think we're all pretty freaking aware by now, right? <laughs> Right. And let's stop talking about being aware and stop focusing on doing something to fix it. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of us do the best we can to support these kind of things. Right. Um, but you took it to a whole nother level and you're making it in your life and not, not everybody's willing to do that. And we need more people like you that are willing to make it their life's work to fix some of these problems for sure. It's I, I, I felt like I was listening to myself talk there for a minute. Cause I've said those almost exact <laughs> same words so many times. I hate suicide <laughs> awareness. Like yeah. we need more action. Um, yeah. But I mean, to me, like there is no other option. Like I've been that guy on the ledge, you know, and who had my back in that time. Uh, there used to be a group on Facebook that I was a part of that was Marine vets. And those guys would sit there. And I don't know how many times they've been on some random Marine from somewhere in the country was on the phone with me for hours is trying to talk me down and vice versa. You know, like I'm, I'm there like talking people off the edge myself. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I'm going to make it till tomorrow, you know, but I'm like, you're not going to freaking do this. Right. And, uh, I mean, sometimes you get somebody there in time and then there's been those times where uh, nobody's gotten there in time and you lose you lose some and that weighs on you. And it's ironic. I won't say funny. It's ironic. Uh, lost a Marine to suicide a couple weeks ago. And I was in this bad place myself, you know, like like I said, being a doing this kind of work is heavy. It weighs on you. Um you have to have a dang good support system of other people. Um, 
but it still weighs on you. And, you know, I was like, dude, like, do I even want to do this anymore? And then I found out a good friend who was also a leader in the veteran community and doing great stuff, committed suicide. And I was like, dude, like if, if he do, I was like, no, we get, you know, it's like, okay, like this isn't an option. Like quitting's not an option. Um, but like you said, uh, Jason, like this isn't a, just a military problem or a first responder problem. Like, yeah, those it's, that's pretty bad. You know, 22 veterans a day committing suicide. We've, we've passed, uh, more veterans have passed away from suicide than in the line of duty, um, at this point. And it's a worldwide problem, like, and it's not being addressed like it should, uh, which is why I'm glad that I'm a, a for-profit and not a non-profit. Cause I can say, Hey, you know what? If I, somebody comes in and I've done it before and they're not a veteran, they're not a first responder, but dude, like they need what we offer. I can say, I can make that judgment call and I can say, Hey, yeah, like that person needs what we've got, you know? Uh, because to me, it's like, yeah, I want to help my brothers and my sisters, but there's more than just us that need that help out there. Yeah, man. It's, it's heavy stuff, but it, it's a reality that I think a lot of people have to uh, open up to because, again, everybody knows about it. But are we talking about it and talking about it in a way that will conduct action for the better for all of us? Right. Uh, I have family stationed out in Germany right now, and uh, they, don't, they don't get a chance to say much to me because they're just not allowed to. But I know it's not easy being away from your family that far apart uh, and also being in the line of duty, if you will. Uh, so just hearing things like this, knowing what I know, I've been there. I've gone out with the guys from, from Operation 22, you know, and we're talking to the new guys that we're helping and I'm having dinner with all of them because I was helping them film something. And then, uh, you know, the drinks get heavy and everyone is back at home. And then out of nowhere, without any sudden notice, you can see the turn, you can see the pain, you can see the anguish, you can see the fear and the tears. And it's, it's vivid. It's real. And, you know, Lord help us if we don't know how else to help them other than just raising awareness. I mean, this is a real deal, man. And that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg for what is actually the problem across the world with mental health and how we're all managing it but at least you're doing something about it. At least you're honest about it, right? Like most people won't even admit that they have any kind of problems, but starting there is definitely a key. Basically I was building up to say, thank you for all that you do, man. And uh, if you could go back to the younger you, when you had just came out of service uh, and didn't even know what you were in for trying to reassimilate back into society, what would you say to yourself now, knowing what you know? I, man, that's a good question. Um, man, I got to think about that one for a minute. Um, what would I say? I would say be more open, you know, cause I, when I came out, I closed off and, you know, I didn't, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't trust anybody. Um, and I just, I started doing that self-isolation you know, without even realizing it, because I was like, well, nobody knows what I've been through, you know, nobody, nobody understands, nobody gets, but, you know, yeah, nobody, under, nobody understands, and they won't, if you don't talk to them, you know, 
I mean, it's finally to that, that point where I've been so open and so honest for so long that like my family starting to understand and realize more of like what I deal with and what's, what's what, you know, but for the longest time, they just thought I was just being a jerk and, a, and an a-hole, you know, because I didn't, I just pushed everybody away and I was, because I didn't talk to them. I didn't tell them what was going on. Um, so I, I would, that was, that's probably be my biggest advice is, you know, just, just be open, be, be honest with people. Um, yeah. people aren't as judgmental as you think. I mean, there are those people, but you know, if you're, if you're real and authentic, like you're going to attract the right people and the wrong people are going to leave. Like that's, it's life. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm on board with that. And uh, if there's no objections, Jason, we'll take it over to the grand finale and get it going. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, Michael, for all the points in the world, all one bazillion of them, if you could have invited anybody to this conversation today, who would you love to have had here and why them? See, this is hard. This is hard. Uh, I got two people. <laughs> I got two people. And I Bring can't them both on. Them. Bring them both on. Yeah, all right. Both. Well, one, Gary Sinise. Like if we're talking mm. like famous people, Gary Sinise, um, back when I was still in high school, you know, I remember going to events hosted by the Gary Sinise foundation that he would put on for the veterans and, or for the service members and their family. And, you know, the, the my experiences in the military with his organization and just seeing everything that he does, um, the man's got a huge heart um, for us veterans and first responders and active duty. Um, so that's my number one person I, I want to meet and would love to have here. Uh, also I got to go with, uh, my longtime friend and mentor Otis McGregor. Mm. Um, he has been my mentor since the beginning of this journey, um, coming up on three years and without that guy, I don't, I don't know that I'd be where I am right now. So, He's got to be at every conversation. Man. Otis, he, yeah. he, lives, he lives right down the road from me. So, that, uh, that guy is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to tip a glass and smoke a cigar every once in a while together. So it's, <laughs> it's a good thing. Next time I'm out that way, I'm coming over and we'll all tip a glass and smoke there a cigar. There, there it is, That's man. Right. That's right. That's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. All things yeah. in all things in moderation, right? <laughs> including <it's>, moderation, <laughs> including moderation. That's right. That's right. But, but no, about Gary Sinise, though. Um, I mean, he's an amazing man, right? And I, I had the, the honor when he came in, uh, he came over to Afghanistan, he got to do a patrol with us. I use that lightly patrol, right? There was no, there was no real danger anywhere, of course, but, uh, but uh, it was just the act of doing it. But, but man, what such a huge heart that guy's got. And, and uh, if there was one person, I would say that is probably the biggest military cheerleader ever is, is Gary Sinise. And he is an amazing man. Uh, I've met the CEO of the Sinise Foundation. Um, and just, they're just all great, great people. And they truly believe they're making a difference. And they are, for sure. 
So I'm glad you brought him up. That's uh, Lieutenant Dan, right? Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant <laughs> Dan, you got new legs. He's up there on that mast just screaming. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh man, what a what a powerful conversation, man. Uh thank you so much, Michael. It, it means a lot that you got a chance to come here and to open up and, and share with me so that I could learn about what you're doing and, and everyone else who's listening. Uh in classic fashion for this show, I'm gonna let Jason roll us out. Yeah. Are are you on our calls on Tuesdays with Otis? Uh, me? Yeah. Um I've been on a couple, but like with my work schedule, it's uh, been okay. it's been yeah. hard. I was yeah. usually dropping hay and and taking care of horses <laughs> at that time, so it's yeah. kind of hard to throw you know bells of hay sure, and be sure. on a call at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's something we're really heavily working on, and that is, uh, you know, the eradication of homelessness and suicide um, in the veteran population. And, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, pop on one of those calls with us and, and, uh, your knowledge could, could change a trajectory. You never know. So for sure, but thanks for being here. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Stay on your mission, stay on target, keep your vision holistic and go be you and don't worry about what anybody else. Hey, thanks for having me, Jason, Philip. Absolutely. Cheers. Be well. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.